What is up, party people? Yo, 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 it's the Sage. Sage against the machine. The machine's going to be the death of me one way or another. I get so... Ah, the machine. Does it not? Like, how do you handle the machine? You watch the machine doing all the fuckery the machine does. And somehow you gracefully carry on with your existence. The machine I mean, will give me an aneurysm. I'm so... I think I'm finally chilled out. I'm finally chilled out over these kids. I just can't even think about it. And it's not... It's not... I mean, obviously, the, the, the dead kids, I mean, what is that, Uvalde? Is that how we say that, Uvalde? I don't watch it on TV, so I just read it, so I don't know what how you say it, Uvalde? Uh, hey, Shannon, what is up? How are you? How are you? Let's pop that out. Let's look at the, keep the, the fun chat going. Hold on. I don't know. Do people like to look at the chat? It's something else to look at besides me, I guess, right? I mean, that's good. Yes. Oh, let me move some stuff around. Bam. There it is. Oh, my gosh. Boy, that was abrupt. <laughs> I didn't mean to end this. <laughs> the exciting music so fast. Eh, well, you get the idea. Music. Hey, my name is Sage Lewis. This is the Sage Against the Machine podcast. This is brought to you by WMVU Many Voices United. Many voices united to be MVU. I like saying that. To blessed to be stressed. <laughs> you are a wise human being, Shannon Wilson. A wise human being. Um, I just look at oppressed people and I'm just like, how do you do it? How do you walk around oppressed by the system so brutally and without going completely insane? I am not oppressed. That's the irony. Look at me. If there is anyone less oppressed than me, I'd be, I'd love to see him. I am the least oppressed person on earth. And I can't handle it. <laughs> I can't handle the oppression. <sighs> I'll tell you a story. Let me tell you a story. I, I've been working on diversity, equity, inclusion over at my, over at our, 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 our tent village. And um, so I've been, sheltering off and on homeless people on my property for about five or six years now the first it started january 2017 so what does that mean so you got uh january 2018 january 2019 they closed me down and then i did some other off stuff so that's january 19 january 20 january 21 january 22 yeah, so it's like five and a half years, about five and a half years 
of sheltering people. I there was a time where I didn't shelter anyone. That's for sure. For sure. Um, okay, so here's Shannon going to tell me how to handle all the oppression in the world. Thick skin and realizing that if you let it show, it gives the powers to be a, a rush. Take that away that they get all the kind of oh yeah so it's like it it gives it, you you don't what you're saying is you um don't give them the dignity and honor you know you don't give them the satisfaction of watching you blow a head gasket <laughs> that is good that is good so at any rate um when we, yeah, that's how it is. Yeah, okay, right on. I have, our 10 villages have always been primarily white. And honestly, in my ignorance, I was like, oh, well, maybe the black people just don't like sheltering in tents. I don't know. How do I know? It's all white guys. Maybe the white rednecks. Uh, Oh, and then you find ways to stick it to them. I gotcha. It's kind of like in Pulp Fiction when they peed in the soup and stuff like that. Hey, Kevin, what is up, my brother? It is good to see you. It is good to see you. So you can stick it to the oppressors, can't you? I mean... The oppressed run everything, right? The women run everything. The black people, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the stupidest thing I've ever seen is being angry, treating your server poorly at a restaurant. They handle all your food and they take your credit card. Hold on, I gotta let the cat in. I don't know. He like has been outside in the hallway all morning, but now he hears I have a show. I have to like let him in. Excuse me. Okay, kitty, hold on. I mean, really, anybody that yells at a server uh, gets what they get, if you ask me. <laughs> what are you stupid? You total idiot! Like you don't, you can't imagine. They have your food and your credit card. I uh I knew a person who um served at um you know fine dining and I I I I mean I did that for a while too I was at the Ritz Carlton and you know what she would do um she would uh no I haven't seen waiting is that a show is that um ah Kevin was a professional chef for 37 years see the server would always tell me stories she would put wine bottles on their bill so you know they would have like a big 10 you know they would have like a big party she would buy wine is it good waiting all right i'll look it up i'll look it up shannon for herself and put it on their bill <laughs> and then take the wine home so she didn't steal it from the restaurant she stole it from the customer <laughs> really okay waiting i'm on it i love new movies i love it thank you for the pro tip thank you for the pro tip so yeah uh ridiculous bad idea to treat your server bad ridiculously bad move bad move 
Or if you have a housekeeper, um, you just – so that is good, Shannon. Like the oppressors uh, – the oppressed should not forget the power that they have. The oppressed do everything for the oppressors. You know, their laundry, they mow their lawns. They clean their houses. They serve their food. They watch their kids. <laughs> you know how many people I, uh, you know, nannies in these big cities. They ridiculous, ridiculous. So yeah, so that is good. That is good. I, I'm, uh, so at any rate, we always mostly had these w- primarily white camps and i honestly thought it was just that black people just went to the shelter i didn't know uh yeah shannon says overlooked and unseen contains so many things incognito yes that is good that is good i like it i like the way you're thinking well at any rate because of black lives matter i'm like hey man i want to make sure that we aren't that we're in, in at least inviting black people I would say now our camp is mostly black, and they're awesome people. I mean, of course there's losers, or losers is a bad word. I'm sorry, strike that from the record. Uh, Dicks, assholes, and crazy people. (laughs) I'll let crazy people stick. I, I just, I can't keep all these politically correct words in my head all the time. I just... The mentally mentally ill. I don't even know what you say. Is that, that's not appropriate anymore either. I don't even know what you say. Crazy people. I'm just sorry. You know what I'm saying? People that should be on medication. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. Thank you, Shannon. Thank you. <laughs> um, but like it. They're wonderful. I've been having a wonderful time. But now I'm expanding DEI because we now have a gay person. And I'll tell you a little story. I was down in our basement, which is a day center, and um, it's two rooms. Well, it's actually three rooms. There's a bathroom, a middle room, and then this back room. And there was a board in front of the door of the back room. Emotionally challenged. Is that what we say? (laughs) Okay. Is that true? Is that true? <laughs> Is that what we call insane people now? Emotionally challenged? <laughs> I don't know why that's funny to me, but I believe it. I'm emotionally challenged. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> I don't know why that cracks me up. Anyways, there was a, there was a door in front of there, and, and people have been trying to move into this room. And I moved the door, and a couple guys were like, oh, oh, hey, we're sorry. And it was two gay guys doing whatever gay guys do. I didn't see anything. I just know that it was this one gay guy and a new gay guy that I had never met. And um, uh, he's Cuban. He's a very nice guy. And uh, we had a lovely conversation. And I'm like, oh, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I Look, I am all for, like, I'm a... Uh, live and let live kind of guy. I, 
I'm all for the gay movement. I'm like, let go. You got everything you need. I literally said this. Do you got dental dams? Do you got condoms? Do you need anything? And they're like, no, I got, we got it all. You're like, okay, cool. That's cool. I'm, I'm sorry. Please go about your business. <laughs> and, um, and that was fine. And I'm like, and I was talking to the one guy and, um, I don't know. His name is Alexander and he was really cool dude, this new guy. And he, um, he's like, Hey, can I take a shower here? He's like, I'm like, are you homeless? And he's like, yeah. And he's I'm like, well, do you want to move in here? He's like, no, I like being away from groups. Um, and, um, and I'm like, Oh, well, do you need a tent? He's like, yeah, I could really use a tent. And he and I'm like, but can I come here and take a shower? And I'm, and I'm like, of course you can come and take a shower. That's what it's for. So at any rate, we have this um, security guy whose name is Fox, and Fox is really really cool. Um, Fox has been out of prison for I believe 17 or 18 months now, and he says that that is the longest he's been out of prison since 1985. I was talking to a cop um, who knew Fox, and he said, oh, and this is what the cop said, so I'm just going to, um, uh, yeah, were you in fine dining? Fine dining, you got to go to fine dining. It's where the money is. Go to fine dining. Um, what was I saying about Fox? Anyways, yeah, so he was, uh, you know, this is the longest he's been out of prison since 19... 19- oh, I know. This cop who uh, is uh, Simcox, who I've talked about Simcox before. Um, Simcox, do you know this guy? Uh, Brian Simcox. He's in the news. You can Google him. Here's This is what he looks like. Uh, Brian Simcox. Uh, Akron Police Department. Let me do it this way. So here, this is a Streetsboro. So this is this is the news. Streetsboro woman sues Akron police. Why? Why? Why can't I just read the news? Okay, how much money do I have to pay to just be able to read news without pop-ups? Uh, officer demoted for sharing pornographic picture from her phone. A Streetsboro woman filed a $15 million federal lawsuit against the Akron Police Department. I don't know where that lawsuit is. After a traffic stop last September, an off, a police Akron officer took a photograph of, of a pornographic picture on the woman's phone and shared it with other officers, his family, and others. He didn't have permission from the woman or a warrant to search her phone. An investigation by the police department found. Brian Simcox, the officer, was demoted from captain to lieutenant in March because of his conduct in this and another, another unrelated, and, and another unrelated case. He invaded her privacy and subsequently published the picture. It's defaming her character. I also heard that he shared a picture of a um, uh, the sister of another police officer. Um, oh, no, you got pushed back to the beginning of the show. No! That's terrible. That's terrible. I don't think I did anything wrong. Um Okay, so at any rate, there's this lawsuit, and I think he was 
convicted of this because of his conduct. This wasn't allegedly he did this, okay? Um, he did this. This is, he did it, okay? Um, during the Simcox looked through the woman's phone, found a pornographic image, took a picture of it on his phone, and shared it electronically in person with fellow officers in Akron. Firefighter, a tow truck driver, and his family members. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> and he didn't log the illicit photograph into evidence. Okay. So, anyways, he's back on the street, and um, he is now, like, I, I saw him. I ran into him. He came by our place a couple weeks ago. And I was telling him about Fox, and he's like, oh, I know Fox. He's like one of those old, he said this, he's one of those old school pimps and drug dealers which is i mean that's what came out of simcox's mouth okay an old school pimp and drug dealer which um maybe wouldn't be the way i would say it but you know whatever um it's not inaccurate that's what i think he went to prison for was drug dealing and um Pimping. <laughs> so at any rate, um, Fox told me that he read A Purpose-Driven Life in prison and that he had a, uh, he's been taking inventory. Um, uh, oh, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, it sums them all up. Butt fucks. Yeah. Right. Um, and so... I love Fox. Fox is a little rough around the edges. I don't think he would. Um, I don't think he would uh, mind me saying that. But he's doing a really good job. But I sum it all up to tell you that, like, I was walking. I, you know, I was over at the the place, the garden, in the house yesterday, working on trash, and I came up by the house, and I see this guy, this gay guy, Alexander, kind of walking briskly out of the house, and behind him comes Fox, and I'm like, hey, what's the matter, and he's like, man, I told him he had to get out, and I'm like, why, he's like, well, he and EB were in that bathroom together, and you're only allowed one person in the bathroom, and I'm like, okay, all right, you're like, one person in the bathroom, I'm like, look, man, we want to be open to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And he's like, no, I mean, it wasn't about that. I, mean, I don't care if they're gay. I mean, I'm not gay. I can't tell you. I was So we were having some diversity, equity, and inclusion discussions yesterday, and I can't tell you how many times I heard, I'm not gay. To which I responded, I don't inject uh, drugs you know, street drugs into my veins. I don't suck dick. But I don't care if you do. See? Right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin was making it clear he was talking about the assholes. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, hold on. My wife is calling. Hey, hey, honey, you're on the show with Sage. Sage Against the Machine. Uh First time caller, last time caller. Okay, I will do that right now. Thank you, love. All right, bye. bye. Okay, hold on. 
She needs a text. Hey, man. Happy wife, happy life. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Let me do this. Okay, good. All right, good. Um, so I think that resonated well with them because I don't inject drugs into my veins unless a doctor does it for me. But I am cool with you doing it. I just took another four people down. I try to take at least four people down to the needle exchange every week on Wednesdays. That's 400 needles I bring back to my camp every week. Okay? You get 100 needles on every visit. And I'm cool. I'm cool. I am cool with men sucking other men's dicks. I'm very cool with it. <laughs> Look, who doesn't like their dick sucked? I mean, I'm, if you don't have one, ladies, I'm here to tell you, it's great. <laughs> but then I said to this white guy who was like, well, I'm not gay. And I'm like, I know you're not gay. I'm like, do you like eating pussy? He's like, oh, yeah, I love eating pussy. I'm like, there you go. Some guys like to eat pussy. Some guys like to suck dick. Who cares? Who cares what you're into? You know? <laughs> so at any rate, I know. <laughs> Poor Shannon's like, oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, do you know what? I, I like to be clear about what I'm talking about. I don't like to beat around the bush, as they say, you know? So at any rate, I'm working on diversity and equity and inclusion with uh, now my black friends and my white friends because it's it's not just a black person thing that they're you know uh, a little squirmish about gay guys. It's whites and blacks, you know. But that's where I'm at next. So I, I'm, you know. But we do have a rule that only one person in the bathroom. But I do think. That Fox maybe came down a little hard on Alexander and EB, probably because they're gay. You know? You know what I'm saying? But it's okay. We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> I love it. I love working on diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, and J. I guess now you add a J for justice, DEIJ. They're always adding these new initials. D-E-I-J, D-E-I-J, D-E-I-J. So anyways, back to Simcox. Um, have you heard? Okay, so it's the 20th anniversary of The Wire, you know? Do you know that show? If you haven't watched it, by all means, watch it. The Wire. It's on HBO. What I'm watching now is um, We Own This City. We Own This City. Uh, which is a also an HBO thing. And I only watched one episode, and it really uh, hurt me. Um, it was hard to watch because I'm very sensitive to this whole cop uh, mentality. This guy, I think, is going to turn out to be a bad cop. I'm pretty sure. Um, but... Already in the first, in the first episode, 
They're talking about this one cop, Huddle. Is his name Huddle? Huddle. Uh, we own this city. Yeah. So, like, um, so, yeah, there's this cop that everybody knows, and I think his name is Huddle, and he's a bad cop. And everybody knows, like, like there's this woman uh, who, like, this is her picture right here. She's uh, an attorney for, like, social justice or something in Baltimore. And um, she's going around learning about bad cops, and they all know about this Huddle guy. They all know. They all know. They all know. They're like, oh, Huddle? And it turns out, they're like, well, why do you keep this guy around? And they're like, well, arrests are way down. This is what they're saying in the story. The arrests are down 60%, and Huddle gets arrests. And I thought that was interesting because that made a lot of sense with this guy. Everybody on the street knows that Brian Simcox bends the law. We all know it. The cops know it. The street knows it. Everybody knows that Simcox bends the law. Simcox was on this meth task force, and he closed down a bunch of meth labs, which is fine. That's what you're supposed to. That's what the game. We go around finding meth labs. Now we don't. We just outsource it to Mexico. I mean, why cook meth when you can get it so cheap from Mexico? Um. But we all know that he went into houses illegally without warrants. We all know it. But he got the arrests. He got the arrests. And that is the issue, I think. We're like, well, at least he's closing down meth labs. You're like, well, but he's not doing it legally. Yeah, legally. So, let me talk a little bit about, I don't think I've talked about Brian Simcox. I've, I've had interactions with Brian Simcox, and they're always very civil and nice, even. Um, the first interaction I had with Brian Simcox was at a, a monthly city council meeting. Um, Zach Milkovich, my friend, was having his Ward 10 City Council meeting at the library in Middlebury, and Brian Simcox was the cop that was on duty. And I'll never forget, like, I think he was making a speech or something, and all these sirens went by, and Simcox... <laughs> You're right. Yeah, I want to talk about that. That's right, Shannon. I'll never forget it. He stopped in the middle of his speech and he looked out the window and he said, man, I wish I was out there. He loves the chase. And it resonated with me because I said to myself, yeah, I wish I was out there too. I like the chase. I like the action. I wrote on Facebook, um, they're closing down a tent village. They're closing down a tent village in uh, Portland. Here. Okay. 
This is the headline. The Old Town Homeless Village. It's a, it's a tiny house village. It's getting closed uh, because there's too much gun violence in the area. And um, sorry if you can hear my dogs. They're, they love to bark in the middle of the show. They love it. My immediate reaction was I would have loved to run that place. I absolutely I would run a homeless tent village in uh, a community with too much gun violence. A hundred percent I would. You know why? I like the action and I like the, uh, the challenge of it. Brian Simcox and I see eye to eye on that. Now, I am fairly confident that I would not betray someone's privacy as a cop by taking a picture of their cell phone and sharing it around with the fucking tow truck driver? I would not do that. I don't, I, I, I'm, and if I, if I thought I would, I, I tell you, I, I just don't think I would do that. But would I? Would I bend the law if I was a cop to take down uh, a violent criminal? I bet I would. I bet I would. Because I would find some violent criminal that I was after, and I'm like, I'm getting him off the street. I'm getting that guy off the street. And I don't doubt I would bend the law if I had to to get that guy off of the street. Would I plant drugs on him? I don't think so. That That's not why. I don't have a problem with drug use. I'm not a... Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> I don't even know that I could be a cop with my position, that I'm against the uh, war on drugs, and I'm not, I'm just not going to arrest somebody that has a small amount of drugs on them. Now, uh, somebody that was, if I was a cop, which I'm not a cop, and this is why I'm not a cop, but let's just say if I was a cop and I had rationalized in my head, well, I'm going to take down drug dealers... I mean, that would be it, but I don't, I can't, I just would not. See, uh, this whole fantasy is so weird, right? But here's the thing. This is the number one reason why I'm not a cop. I bend the law. I am a civil disobedient person. I, it has been said that I am illegally sheltering people on my land. That's what the most recent Beacon Journal by Doug Livingston said, that I am illegally sheltering people on my land. That's why I am not a cop, because a cop is supposed to uphold the law. I don't think I would be a cop because I would not convict people holding drugs. I am not a cop because I would be very tempted to go after violent criminals and bend the law to do it. I am an activist. 
Brian Simcox, disregarding the thing he really got caught for, was looking at the the pictures. Let's just not, I mean, obviously that's insanity, and I can't believe he still has a job because of that, but the fact that we all know that he was taken down, uh, we all know he was taking down meth labs by bending the law. We all know it. He was going into houses he shouldn't go into. 100%. We all fucking know it. We all know it. He's an activist. And I don't believe you can be an activist when you're supposed to uphold the law. Let me give you a positive story. This cop, I'm not going to mention his name because I wanted to do a video of him, but he t- asked me not to. And I'll tell you, but I'll tell you the story. He was working a case, an arson case, and... Um, He needed a friend of mine to go and make a statement. And the friend was cool with it. They wanted to be part of this. And I said to the cop, hey, um, homeless people are notoriously bad. Well, he said to me, man, I hope she shows up. I'm taking the day off for this meeting. I hope she shows up. And I said, hey, man, homeless people are notoriously bad at making meetings, at showing up for meetings. And I said, it would help if you would say that you'll bring a pack of cigarettes or even like 10 bucks to the meeting. And this cop said to me, that would not be right. I'm like, whoa, whoa. He's like, I feel that that moves into an area that is gray. And, uh, I'm not going to do it. And I'm like, wow. That really, I really, my respect, I already had a lot of respect for him, but my respect for him in that moment grew a ton. She didn't show up for the meeting. <laughs> um, and because I'm an activist, I said, hey, uh, I'm really sorry she didn't show up to the meeting. Can we try the meeting again? And he's like, yeah, yeah, but man, I'm just, I'm like, she'll show up for the meeting. (laughs) Kevin is like an hour behind. He had to restart the show. He's still on the suck dick with their asshole thing. (laughs) Poor Kevin. got caught in the bag he's watching the show like a rerun anyways um i paid her i said look don't tell him you cannot tell this cop that i am doing this but you go to that meeting and uh i know poor 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 kevin is still on the sucking dick part of the show <laughs> I said, do not tell this cop, but I'll pay you 10 bucks. Go to that meeting, and I'll ask him if you showed up, and I'll pay you 10 bucks. And she went to the meeting, and I paid her 10 bucks. <laughs> so, but look. I am. 
I am an activist. I get shit done. I paid people five dollars. Uh, the the health department wanted. Um, there was a uh, in the homeless community nationwide. Um, hepatitis b and c or a a and b sorry a and b were uh ravaging through all of our cities and the um health department um the health department um wanted the homeless people to do vaccinations and so I'm like, hey, everybody that does a vaccination, I'll pay five bucks. I had everybody on the camp do it. And the health department knew I was doing it. And you could see they were uncomfortable. But ironically, what did they start doing with uh, coronavirus? They started paying people, started having lotteries. So there you go. Uh, do you really, you know, do you want to get shit done? Or do you want to uh, be right? <laughs> but that's why I'm not a cop. Because I get shit done. Because the law that says I'm not allowed to shelter people most in need on my land is, a, is, is an unjust law. And it's D-E-I-J now, justice, see? see? So I'm the J part. <laughs> and I will fight it forever. I got nothing better to do. It brings me joy to fight the man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Shannon says, need and want, give and take, makes the world go round. That's right. That's right, Shannon. That's exactly, exactly right. Um, I can't smooth my way into this. Um, hold on. Uh Oh, I just had to look at, I have some weird emails coming through. Oh, wait, that's not what I want you to see. Um, yeah, so at any rate, um, I like Brian Simcox. I do. I look forward to talking to him. I see eye to eye with him, except for that. He shouldn't. I mean, that's just sleazy. That's sleazy. Sharing around people's photos. Like, that guy has a weird fetish. Um. But I understand his activism, and in a way, I support it. I, I, I think that, like, I think meth labs in communities are dangerous. I think we should do them out in the woods, you know? I, I, I don't actually know how unhealthy a meth lab is. I mean, of course, the government's telling you that it's the worst thing ever, but you can't trust the government. But it does seem like it's not healthy to cook meth in uh, um, in neighborhoods. Do you know how ice is made? How is the drug ice made? Okay. Uh, so I think they bury it. Let's see. I think they bury it. What's the process for making meth where you bury it underground? Okay, so, no, 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 okay. I don't know. Um, 
Okay. So here we examine cold cook methods. Uh, and um, yeah, anyways, uh, I don't, I can't look at a whole study right now. Anyways, I think a lot of people make what they call ice, which I think is made in like a, I don't know if anybody knows this, but like I think it's made in a um, like a fish tank. They bury it or something. They throw all the ingredients in a fish tank or something and bury it underground. Does anybody know about this? Yeah, Shannon says the fumes are toxic and the risk of explosion is very high, thus risking in innocence. Yeah, yeah, I think that's accurate. I think that's probably an accurate representation of um, the... Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> you should see my search history. It's terrible. I search for anything. Um, uh, oh, did you ever see... Um, let's see. Look at this. Um, Brian Simcox cooking meth. Let's see. Here. I think I can get you this picture. Where is it? Hold on. There's a picture of him doing it. Yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Okay, so here's a picture of him. So I don't know what this was, but I think he was making a demonstration. So there he is. But then the, there's this picture of him doing sh what they call shake and bake. Where'd it go? Hold on. Where is it? Where is it? There it is. Um, yeah, this is him. I don't know who this other guy is. But this is what they call shake and bake. So they take a two liter and they use all this stuff. And I don't, I honest to God, don't know how to, they make it. I, I'd tell you if I did, I just don't know. My friends tell me every once in a while how they make it. But this is Brian Simcox making meth. <laughs> and I'm here to tell you, I would do this too. Because I think, I'm hoping his point is how easy it is to make meth. But how, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe this, these these chemicals are, are fake. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I'm pretty sure this is Brian Simcox on camera making meth. <laughs> yeah, government uses keywords to write up tech warrants. Yeah. Um, I am completely straight edge. I don't do any illicit drugs. I don't even, because I have my I have a concealed carry. I don't do, uh, I don't use um, marijuana. I don't do any of that. I don't do any of that. I just don't. I just don't. Um, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, Shannon says you can make shake and bake from crap underneath your kitchen sink. I think that's what that whole picture was about. Like, all of this stuff, like, like uh, let me see, the ingredients of meth. What are the ingredients of meth? Uh, how is meth made? Wait, 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 wait. That one, I went back to that one. Chemicals in meth. Okay. Um, so, oh, I know. Um, let's see. What is the book that teaches you how to make meth? Um, Uncle Fester, yeah, this is it. Secrets of Meth Manufacture by Uncle Fester. Do you know this book? Uncle Fester is a, um, you can read it. Uh, it's online. 
think I own it. Do I own it? Let's see. Um, whoa, don't buy it. Don't pay $170 unless you want the paperback. Um, I'm telling you, free. Okay, free PDF. Is this it? So at any rate, I'm telling you, you can. I, I've I've read part of it. I've read part of it. Um, but he walks you through how to make meth in this book. Oh, oh, here it is. Here it is. It's in WikiLeaks. That's right. So um, here, I'll put the link in here if you guys want to read it. Yeah, the Anarchist Cookbook. Yeah, right. So this is it right here. Um, so at any rate, he goes through all of the. The chemicals and equipment, page one. Let's go over here real quick. Uh, chemicals and equipment. Okay. Uh, stainless steel cooking apparatus. He tells you, like, okay, all the things you need, the apparatuses you need, and then um, waste exchanges. Then these are the, these are the uh, chemicals that you need. Um... It said, the most low-profile method of obtaining chemicals is to make a run to the hardware store or grocery store, okay, and subvert the commonplace items found there to our needs. Solvents such as tulene, xylene, acetone, or naphtha, and even Coleman camper fuel are easily obtained and work very well for making meth. Meth. Tulene is getting harder to find on hardware store shelves because it's so useful, but xylene is still universally available, and it substitutes well for tulene. Similarly, liquid fire... Drain opener substitutes well for concentrated sulfuric acid, and hardware store muriatic acid is almost as good as lab-grade hydraulic acid. Lithium batteries are good source for lithium metal. The ephedrine or pseudoephedrine, so widely used for making meth, is easily to get in the form of pseudofed pills or the uh, ephedrine bronchodilator pills sold in gas stations. Uh, internet sites catering to hobbyists are another useful, another wonderful source for useful chemicals. I'm not talking about lab supply companies here, as even the smallest of them may have bludgeoned into cooperation. Rather, I'm referring to sites such as soap-making hobby shops can be a very good source for potassium hydroxide. This cousin of lye is used to make soft soap and is very useful in breaking up the polymers which infest the present-day Sudafed and ephedrine pills. The more one can stock and operate a meth lab with ordinary materials, the more clandestine it will be. Care, however, should be taken in disposing of the empty containers if the, these house, of these household items search warrants can be obtained. If the heat examines the trash of a suspect and finds empty Sudafed boxes, the remains of dis disassembled lithium batteries or solvent cans. Like, if you see them all together, that's what the problem is. Materials discreetly tossed into a dumpster are not traceable to clandestine chemicals. So he tells you the whole thing. You can go, you can read the whole thing. You can read, it's all on the internet. It's all on the re-internet. Um, so, uh, okay, so, uh, Shannon says, uh, be on a watch list. I'm quite sure I'm on a watch list. I'm quite, look, I'm a libertarian. I am a libertarian. Um, uh, live and let live. I am allowed to read shit in America. <laughs> I'm allowed to read shit. Am I going to make meth? Hell no. I'm going to tell you what I would do. If I was going to get involved in the meth business, I would buy it from Mexico. Do you know all the drugs people are buying from? Drugs kids are buying these days on Snapchat. 
This is what you do. So, look, experts say 40% of the pills being sold on the street and through Snapchat contain a potentially. So, look, uh, these kids are supposedly uh, same-day delivery. <laughs> I love it. Parent warns of fentanyl. Okay, countless dealers are now advertising on social media app Snapchat using a cryptic code of emojis. Uh, this was this is in February, but I saw an article about it more recently. But February 2020, it's still pretty new. Um, uh, using cryptic code of emoji, substances are being sold to kids via Snapchat. But the one that has people worried is fentanyl, a lethal opiate 50 times stronger than heroin. As students file into Mount Vernon High School health class, one of them has been before. Uh, Tyler Gillette graduated from Mount Vernon in 2016. He's returning to his alma mater with a homecoming message that hits to the heart of ongoing pandemic. I'm just kind of here to give you my experience, says Tyler, as he shuffled his feet nervously in front of the class. Tyler's experience is a harrowing one in high school. Tyler was prescribed Oxycontin when a wisdom tooth was pulled. Before long, he was abusing it with friends. We would play video games and snort it. It was a good time until it wasn't. Tyler overdosed twice and wanted to get sober, but as hard as he tried to bury his urges, the drugs keeps kept seeking him out through an app on his cell phone. It's pretty much Amazon for drugs. Same-day delivery. <laughs> Cutler's dealers are now advertising on the social media app Snapchat using the cryptic code of emojis. Um, a plug means the person uh, is a drug connection. Um, the plug is the drug dealer. A plug is just a drug dealer. Blue dots signify pills, Okay. Uh, anyways, but the problem is they think they're buying like oxy. They think they're buying pills, but they're not. They're, uh, they're pressing fentanyl into these pills and kids are overdosing, you see, because, you know, drugs are bad. Okay. But killing kids that, um, have to get their drugs on Snapchat is not bad. Okay. Um, we got to talk about this. Um, there's a guy who died of an overdose in our community, a friend of ours. His street name is Twist. And if he didn't overdose in the Haven of Rest, he overdosed near it. He was around the Haven of Rest. Okay? The Haven of Rest is a highly Christian, um, highly Christian men's shelter, our only men's shelter in Akron. And uh, it is widely known that you can get any drug you want with a 30-minute delivery to the Haven of Rest. 30-minute delivery. It's like, it's like the Grubhub of uh, drugs. You can get any drug you want delivered directly to the Haven of Rest. Um, why are community standards being here? Okay, bullying and harassment. I don't know. Oh. All right. I don't know. Community standards. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, you've seen it. Like, you're talking about the Haven deal? Yeah. Um, I haven't talked a lot about it because it wasn't in the news, but I have a friend who had a friend at the battered women's shelter who died of an overdose in the battered women's shelter. Now, uh, if the battered women's shelter would come publicly and say, hey, that's a lie, I would stop saying it. But I'm telling you, I was talking to this woman who was at the battered women's shelter. She was in devastated 
that her friend died of a drug overdose at the battered women's shelter. To think that people are not dying in our shelters from overdoses is delusional. Delusional. Okay? Shannon says, worst place to be, I left and had it better on the streets. Bam! Are you talking about the battered women's shelter or are you talking about a haven? Um, that's, uh, yeah, th- there it is. She's right. They hide it. They hide these deaths so the funds don't, ah, uh, the haven, yeah, the haven. You're saying, and you're not alone, that they felt you feel safer on the streets. That's what they're saying over in New York. They're, the, the new mayor is sweeping uh, all these camps, and people are like, well, fuck that. I'm not going into those shelters. Those shelters are a nightmare. They're, 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 they're terrifying. The shelters are terrifying. When are we going to be able to talk about the truth? Now, have people overdosed at my place? Yes. Have we ever had a death? No. Now, will we ever have a death? Probably. But you know what? I think the reason we don't have overdoses is because we do not condemn people for using drugs. I'm not afraid to tell you that people use drugs. In fact, I'm at a point now where I'm practically just sheltering people that use drugs. I don't have like a you're not allowed here if you're not using drugs policy, but pretty much everybody at my shelter, at my tent village is using drugs. I don't know anybody who's not. I I can't think of a single person who's not using drugs at my my tent. So, So there you go. And... These classist, mid-middle-class assholes are like, well, there you go, that's the problem. You're condoning drug use. No, motherfucker, I'm sheltering American citizens with a brain disease, asshole, you fucking condescending twat. God damn, it makes me mad. Like, these people live in the city of AA, and they're condemning people with a brain disease. Fuck you. God damn it. See, now I'm getting mad. See? See? See, do you know how much bullshit I have to deal with because people hate drug addicts and they don't understand the fundamental basic premise of addiction? Let me paint a picture. You get put on oxy, okay? The, 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 um, and I've seen senior citizens, upstanding religious senior citizens go through withdrawal. Okay, serious withdrawal from prescribed opiates. And why do you think we sued all those opiate users? Because we knew that it was a fucking trap. It was a trap house. They trapped them in these drugs that they knew would uh, 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 make them addicted to them. And then the doctors cut them off. And the only place they could find them was on the streets. And then they get judged and condemned by religious fucking asshole, middle class fucking cunt bitch fucking dick assholes. 
I just keep coming back to assholes. Because how fucking dare you? How fucking dare you condemn somebody with a brain disease? I am so fucking irate. So of course I shelter addicts. Because you're too fucking stupid to understand basic addiction. Hi, Aaron. It's nice to see you, honey. Shannon says, I've seen them move a body from the property under the bridge so they wouldn't blow back on them. I would not fucking doubt that. I would not fucking doubt they pull a body out of that fucking building and dump it. I wouldn't doubt it. Because of money. Because of money. That's why little kids are still going to get shot up in our schools. Because of money. <laughs> money the catholic church dumped native children bodies in mass graves and covered it up in these extermination programs run by both canada and the united states to annihilate the culture of natives okay do you know this whole program? They send all these children to these Catholic schools to, uh, to, to remove their native history. And then the Catholic Church buries the bodies and covers it up in mass graves. So fuck yeah, I am quite sure the Haven of Arrest has moved a body or two. Because who's going who's gonna to look it up? Chance said, I left that day, left my stuff, and I ran. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. They moved a body. I'm going to start saying it. They moved a body and threw it under the bridge. They moved a body and threw it under the bridge. Could be. Fucking could be. Nobody's looking at it. Nobody's investigating. Nobody cares because of money. Oh, but the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. Hmm, the money. All right. That's all I got to say. The money. Um, our systems suck, but you do not. The people are great. The systems are terrible. But the people will win. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. Okay? I swear to you, the people will win. Don't give up. Uh, I will never give up. I get angry as fuck at, at, the, at the hypocrisy and ignorance. Okay? Uh, yeah. The private donors' heads would explode if they knew all the drug use in the Haven and the battered women's shelter. I took a woman from the battered women's shelter... To the needle exchange. Okay? Do you understand what I what I just said there? There's a woman at the battered women's shelter that I took to the needle exchange. <laughs> Where do you think she's using her needles? They have private rooms. It's better than a tent. And their shit doesn't get stolen either. They love it. They love it. They can put their shit in their room. It doesn't get stolen, including their drugs. But sometimes they use their drugs. Yep. 
And look at there. Aaron said there's more drugs in the Haven than anywhere else. Uh, I have to go. I have to go too, honey. I love you, Shannon. I love you, Aaron. I love you all. I love you all, and I'm telling you the fight is worth it. The people will prevail. The systems are corrupt and evil, and they cannot exist for eternity. The people are right. God is on the people's side, not the systems. The devil, Satan, if you like these words, is the system. That's where evil is, in the system. God lives within the people. Love and hope and charity and kindness. Godliness is the people. All right, everybody. I love you. I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.